Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in, Miller and Condon, on a Tuesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 on the FM dial. Trent Condon and Ken Miller, and we're going to talk sports with you for the next couple of hours and appreciate you spending some of that uh, period of time with us. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list, a guy who's a lot smarter. Well, I won't speak for my co-host. No, no. Uh, you, you nailed it. Uh, right. Uh, a lot smarter than I am when it comes to court rulings and name, image, and likeness. Nate Bolton, who along with uh, Republican Brad Zahn pushed forward for the second straight year a name, image, and likeness bill in the state of Iowa uh, that unfortunately stalled out, but the Supreme Court made a ruling yesterday, not on the fact that they can get compensated, they being student-athletes, but what this potentially opens up the door for them uh, educational benefits-wise. So we'll get into, we'll ask Nate Bolton questions uh, at 10.30 or so. Let him provide the answers. Um, as again, he spent a whole lot of time, he and Brad's on over the past few years looking into this issue in the state of Iowa, what it means. I don't think that uh, anybody can look at this and say that um, the floodgates aren't about to open when it comes to uh, athletes getting paid for, um, or not maybe not paid, but certainly sharing in, in some respects, the billions of dollars in the college, um, the college sports. Uh, financial pot. So 10.30, Nate Bolton will be here. Uh, Michael Swain from 24-7 Sports continues to be a busy time recruiting-wise, and he covers Iowa State. So we'll get uh, Michael Swain in here from CycloneAlert.com. We will uh, catch up on Iowa State at 11.05, and then 20 minutes after that, our friend Frank Schwab, who covers the NFL and covers sports wagering for YahooSports.com. He will join us as uh, we take you up until noon. An eventful night in baseball from a lot of perspectives. Javi Baez being benched. Byron Buxton getting hurt. Hugh Darvish pitching a gem, making Cubs fans uh, wish that he was still on the north side. Jacob deGrom back on the bump last night. He was the first pitcher that was checked following an inning. They went to his cap. They went to uh, his glove and add him, uh, not take off his belt, but look underneath the belt buckle. Um, so a pretty eventful day in baseball. Hockey game stunk. There was no basketball. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I had a little high school baseball last night. Yeah, you had a blowout though, right? I did, yeah. Roosevelt ran past Lincoln in 19-4 was the final. Got to see Jamison Patton. Young oh, man the quarterback, yeah. Talked about yep. a lot. Uh, he had, how about this? Of course, played varsity football last year just for a few games for Roosevelt in their right. shortened season. One, right? Yeah. Right. Is that, was that what it was? Was it, it was one or one. two? Regardless, but... He's getting scholarships. Basketball, he had his first dunk of a game this year. Uh-huh. And now he's hit home runs in back-to-back <laughs> games, including the game clincher yesterday. Don't those guys make you sick. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, last guys year he played. grew up that could do it all, right? And Jamison Patton is that dude. Yeah. He last year played on a really, really good Roosevelt team. That group of seniors that graduated last year played a lot of baseball, had been ranked in the top 10 throughout their tenure together, their upper-class years. And, and he was a freshman. He looked like he belonged. He just mm-hmm. carried himself that mm-hmm. way. And, and that's something. You'll see guys that can compete, but the, uh, the special ones, they carry themselves in a different way. And that was Jamison Patton. That was the first thing when I saw him last summer that showed up to me and then carried over to the football field. I don't know what he still is as a collegiate athlete. 
Now, I know some. He's got options by the sounds. Of yes, things. and I know some people look at him more as an athlete. They don't think that he is uh-huh. a high D one quarterback. Yeah. Others say no. With the right development, this guy absolutely and can be a D one quarterback. He's got plenty of time to continue he that does. development, right? Yeah, he is special. There's no doubt about it, and going to be fun to watch his progression. Watching him at Roosevelt on top of it, it's great to see. Yeah. Great to see a guy like that at a city school, absolutely sticking it out at a city Love school. It. The Hilson kid that's making his way over to Iowa from Des Moines North. What a great story that mm-hmm. was. Need more of those stories. You're preaching to the choir, Trent Condon. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I think it's it's great when you have a city school, when you put them in the spotlight, whether it's on a Friday night in the fall or mm-hmm. when you're getting a baseball game in. Look, uh, the other schools, and this is nothing against them, they get plenty of coverage. They do. Right? The city schools uh, seemingly get, get overlooked. So, anyways, um, blowout game last night. We're glad you were there and glad those kids uh, and their families uh, got to hear at least some of the play-by-play on Des Moines Sports Station. Z- <laughs> you get my point. I got you. Uh, anyway, so where do you want to start baseball? Let's start with your team. And, and Trent, Byron Buxton is such a phenomenal baseball player. But sadly, at least so far in his career, he's been unable to do it for you know, for any length of time. He teases you. And here's the biggest, I think, question going forward. We know his injury, sadly, his injury history. Mm-hmm. Byron Buxton is on the precipice of getting paid. I mean, Byron Buxton, for the the skills that he brings to a team, he can run, he can field, he can throw, he can hit. Uh, There's not much he can't do. There's one big thing, though, that's lacking. And that's the ability to stay on the field for a buck 62 or 150. And how are the Twins going to handle this when it comes to what should be a Mm no-brainer decision to pay him, but in the back of your mind? This was a number one pick. Right. This is a and has lived up to every single bit of that when he's out there, right? And even when there were struggles, and there were some huge struggles offensively with him early in his career, mm-hmm. wasn't more than anything making contact. And you know they tried to do things with him that wasn't what he was. He has elite speed. He very well could be the fastest guy in the game, and because of that, they tried to make him a speedster, Vince Coleman. Right? It's not who he is. No. And as we've seen the evolution of baseball. He's one of the guys that actually has worked out incredibly well because he's not a ground ball guy and just use your speed to get on. No, he's got pop. But it is fun when he grounds a ball to the shortstop or the third. A right-handed batter. The, right, exactly. Who yeah. has to take that extra step, uh-huh. step and a half to get across. Outrunning the baseball. And, yep, just ground ball to shortstop. Yeah. Single. Right. That's Byron Buxton because he does have that speed. But he also got the pop. Mm-hmm. And he has shown that in his three days off the IL. They have steel. He's out of a homer. Mm-hmm. And now he has another injury. This one, it's not him running into the wall, which had been a problem. Him going all out in the field. Again, this is not a lazy guy injury. No, this was his. This is a big pitch. fat move on right. getting yes. hurt because he gained fifty pounds of fat. No, right. that's not what this is. This is a guy that was in the batter's box. Yes. And this is a guy that normally when he gets hurt, it's because he's playing. He's playing uh-huh. hard. And that's how he gets hurt. So what do you do? Mm. Because in terms of raw talent. No hyperbole. I put him in certainly the top 1% of the game. He's that good. He is that talented. I, I, won't, I won't get an argument from me. That's what he is uh-huh. when healthy. Right. You continue to put that caveat in there because it's incredibly important. Mm-hmm. So do you offer him five years, $100 million? It, It's not breaking the bank. It's not a right. $35 million a year contract. You're the twins. Mm-hmm. You got money. You're 
not the Yankees, but you certainly have money. Uh, what has he said? Has he said anything pursuant to his affinity for the organization that he came up in? I mean, you remember, does this sound like a guy that wants to wear one uniform for his entire... I haven't seen anything. There, there has been some hiccups along the way. A couple of years ago when he was really struggling, and at the end of the season, they had an opportunity to keep him on the up roster with the team, and they didn't. And with it, they got a little more control with him. They mm-hmm. got another arbitration year because of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that rankled him. Now, it feels like he said all the right things, that that's smoothed out, that they've overlooked it. But it's So also you don't get the that. sense he's just waiting for that clock to strike midnight and he can get the hell out of town? Not necessarily, no. I think because of maybe that moment, it's going to take a little more. But again, he goes to the open market. What? Let's say the Twins just make the decision. We're not going to do it. We've seen it up close. I think they're going to. Make, I think they're making a mistake. You buy tickets to see this guy play. Yes, you do. I mean, there, you, there's not a lot of guys on that Twins roster that you buy. You actually want to buy a ticket when when he's, um, you know, doing what he does. In terms, they look at the medicals and they know it's not worth it. He goes to the open market. What Somebody's going to take a chance. Trent. I think so too. We've seen some ridiculous contracts with guys. Yeah. not even close to no. this kind of talent. And injuries, yeah, have been a part of some of these different guys, but you take a swing. Because but when he's sooner right, or later you have to get a little bit of luck on your side in these injury things right. that seemingly were such disproportionate in the beginning of your career. Don't Doesn't it eventually even out? You would think so. I think the Twins got to open up the checkbook. I really do. I was uh, reading an article about this when I was pondering it last night. And it was from, I think May, from Twins Daily. And they were kind of comparing it to the contract extension that Randall Grechik got, mm. which is five years, fifty-two mm-hmm. million. Yep, with the Cardinals, is he double the player that he is? Because it kind of feels like it to me. Yeah, he's a nice player. He got but, that from the Cardinals, or did the Blue Jays give it to him? That was maybe, you know what? Maybe when he got to Toronto, they that's gave what it, to it was. Him. Yeah, yeah. When they got to Toronto, they gave it to. Him. Look, and I watch him play a lot, and he's a nice player. But come on, I mean, it's not even close. Right, Byron Buxton, Randall Grechik. Grechik's a nice player. Buxton's a superstar, and or certainly he, has that potential. Even at 125 games a year, at this level, at $20 million a year, I think you're getting your money's worth. Mm-hmm. Of course you'd want him out there, and mm-hmm. more importantly, you want him out there if you get to October. But you're getting that kind of production at that kind of rate. In today's baseball, that absolutely works. It's a tough, tough spot, though. And you continue to watch this guy, and it doesn't matter what it is, from running into a wall to getting hit by a pitch to Diving just... Diving for a baseball... Diving into second base, yeah. and he gets cleated. And that's the other part. It's just these weird injuries that don't happen to many guys. And certainly the compilation of all of them that happened to him. It's tough. So let me ask it this way. Who would you rather pay? Um, let's say there are, let's say Baez and he are on the same team. Javi Baez is one of those guys you buy a ticket to play watch, watch play defense, right? <laughs> He's incredible. When he hits, when he makes contact with that massive swing is, of his, uh, it's going to go a long way. But then he has a brain fart, and he forgets in the fundamental rule. <laughs> you know, yep, three strikes, four balls, three outs. Mm-hmm. There's a, you learn those things very early. And I, I, How in the middle of a, of a major league game, when your team's behind, do you lose track of how many outs there are? 
in in an inning. I mean, how can that happen at that level? These you see it in T-ball, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you, you see five and six year olds. Um, but this is Javi Baez we're talking about here. The, I don't. Maybe it's just a product of the team. But over the weekend, Jock Peterson not running a ball out. Um, yeah, we remember the massive home runs that he had this weekend, but he also he also did that. And Baez last night, and David Ross, I think, had to do what he did mm-hmm. and send a message um, that nobody's, I mean, as, as, as big of a star as Baez is in that town and as big of a fan favorite as he is uh, with that fan base, you have to sit him down and get his head in the right spot. The not leading off the base, too. Just standing there as the pitch is being thrown. Those little things that happen seemingly... Once every two weeks with Javi Baez, Mm -hmm. we have this conversation about him. Is he worth the headache that comes along with it? And in terms of raw talent, he's right up there, too. Yes. Raw talent, that guy can be as good as it is. And when he's going right, it's incredibly good. But there's also those stretches where Mm -hmm. he looks awful. Yeah. Taking away what we saw last night, the knuckleheadedness, just not being in the game, if you will, not being present. Those stretches can absolutely kill a team, though, when he goes two for 35. And those stretches happen, what, three, four times a year? Mm -hmm. Too many times. He has those kind of stretches. And because of that, you're looking at this group. All right, who are you going to sign an extension to? And you can only pick pick two of the four. I think Javi Baez is the one that you automatically cross off when you're talking about Contreras, Bryant, Rizzo, and Javi Baez. Of those four, and you can only choose two for whatever reason, financials, you can only pick two. Oh man, what a decision to make! I think it's Rizzo and Bryant. Yeah, Rizzo. Those are yeah. are the two. Rizzo more than what he production wise does, uh-huh. because you can find first baseman like him, but he means more than that. He does. He is, he's the leader of that team. He's the face of right. the organization. Right. Although Bryant's starting to reclaim that spot a little bit, just based on the year that he's had this year. Mm-hmm. Well, let me pose this question to you, because all of these four. I think star shortstops in the game are free agents after this year. All right. Trevor Story, who he plays in Colorado, right. he is a phenomenal shortstop. And you look at his numbers away from Coors Field, they're not just inflated there. He's a really good hitter right. also away from Coors. He's 28. Corey Seager with the Dodgers. Stud. Stud. 27 years old. Carlos Correa of the Astros, 26 years old. And Javier Baez. Those are four guys that after this year will all hit the free agent market. Correa, Baez, Sager, and Story. Who you, I mean, rank those four. I mean, I think Sager's one. Uh-huh. Is Correa two? Story probably's four because we just don't watch the Rockies play yet. He is a star. And I think you can make the argument maybe he's number three ahead of Baez. So how many teams are going to need shortstops? Well, of course, you're looking at replacements, but are all four of those organizations going to be in spending moons at that time? Mm-hmm. We know about the Cubs situation. The Rockies look like they have a complete teardown in front of I them. I think of the of the four, I think Story's the most likely to be playing in a different city. So you have those components. Because Sager, I mean, the Dodgers spend money, whether they mm-hmm. go over the cap or not. Correa, look, Houston's the best team in the American League after they this are. past week. Yes. Don't look now, and we hate it, and uh, nobody wants that to be the case. But Houston, right now, if you're doing power rankings, they're the best team in the American League. As baseball fans, though, it's good that we have everybody that we can root against, and we sure. can all get together and yes. all boo the Astros mm-hmm. and the Yankees, too. Right. We can do those two teams, and We'll all hate them together. It's a tough spot. And it's not only that. I remember seeing that list of those young shortstops, but Marcus Simeon, who's been a top 10. second base now, but yeah. yes. Yep. But has been a top 10 candidate. And I think he still could play shortstop in the oh, right I, spot. I agree with you. So you got him. 
Anderson Simmons, who I've got to see for the yeah. Twins this year. It was just a one-year deal for him. He's a veteran, but... Yep. He's what, 30 what? Four? Something like 30-something, anyways. Yeah. There's going to be a slew of shortstops uh-huh. out there, and you can kind of find your pick. You can go cheap, you can go yep. veteran, or you can go with these young guys and pay through the bank. And because of that, does that suppress what Javi Baez is going to get? Mm, interesting. Yeah, there, there are certainly options out there. Mm-hmm. There are certainly options. I hope Baez, they find a way to keep them all. Right, yeah. <laughs> I do. Um there, he's fun to watch. He, so, I mean, some of the plays that he makes, uh, and then the, the routine ground ball, he bounces it to Rizzo. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just those. Come on, give you. You want to shake him almost, um, but man, he's fun to watch. All right, so that's the. Did we cover all the baseball? Well, Degrom was terrific. He was. Um, you know what though? And I watched his. I watched the game. I watched his first five innings. It started at four o'clock, and uh, I really liked the Mets broadcast crew. They're really good. They're really, really good. Um, I'm not sure. Sh- well, okay, let me get my tinfoil hat on. All right, over here we go. All right, I like this. I don't think he had the stuff that I've seen him. Because I've watched most of his starts this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he was a sharp. And I don't maybe that's injury related. Could my be. tinfoil hat tells me that this was the first day of crackdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, he... He threw uh, to the uh, the Braves pitcher. By the way, he's, uh, making his first uh, start in the majors, left-handed kid, Mueller, Mueller, something like that. He's good, um, or at least he was the yesterday. But Degrom's his breaking pitches didn't have the the snap to them, the break that we've seen from him before. And you know the point the the um, the other tinfoil hats that I belong to that are in my club, <laughs> they keep pointing to the belt buckle, right? Yes, they do. And yesterday he didn't. Because he was checked after the first inning. There was no substance there. So was he maybe, I don't know, it didn't look like the same Jacob DeGrom, yet the numbers say it was. Going hand-in-hand hand with that, watching you Darvish last night. So that was my back-and-forth with the mm-hmm. Twins game. Is the That's Twins where I game stayed late. I stayed on that game. Went over five hours before we finally concluded oh. at 12.30. But, so I was going back and forth, and they had a graphic up on ESPN about a spin rate. And though you Darvish was terrific last night, and he had 11 yeah. strikeouts, and he shut down mm-hmm. that high-powered Dodgers offense, he was really good, but the spin rates were a lot different. Mm-hmm. Same thing here. You have to assume there's something going on. Sure. You could still be really good. Yeah. You can still make great pitches. You don't have to have it on there. It helps. We know that it helps, mm-hmm. and we know... That's going to be a big piece of this too. Well, Trent, the statistics—they've been—they've been tracking these numbers mm-hmm. since Joe Westcry was told to crack down in Chicago, right? And it with Gallegos of the Cardinals—it it shows. It does absolutely. The offensive numbers are going up. The mm-hmm. spin rates are going down. Look, they're still really good pitchers in the game, right? It's a phenomenal pitcher. They're still the going game. to be one-zero games, absolutely. No question they about it. Them, they happened before the sticky stuff. Yes, yes they did. Uh, we'll we'll see where it goes. Um, I don't know. So mentioned uh, up late watching the Twins last night. Mm-hmm. So the victory happens. Sano hits the walk off. You know my love of Miguel Sano, even though he yep. stinks. Yeah, he's just a guy I can't quit him. Right. And I was so excited last night. Well, when bat meets ball, it's uh, fun to watch, isn't it? Well, not you know he bats one seventy eight. So I started doing some math regarding what Trent the Twins getting back into it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I hope did. you didn't spend a long time on it. So it's five in a row. Yeah, that they're, ten, they've won. they're ten under five hundred. They're ten under five hundred. Yeah. If Here's, they can win their next ten, then you start talking. <laughs> they still got plenty of games against the White Sox. Uh-huh. Of course, a lot against the Tigers and Royals, which would help too. Uh-huh. If they just do this, they have ninety games left. They played seventy two. Okay. If they play fifty five and thirty five, seems hefty, right? 
55 and 35, that would get them to 86 wins. That would be the same win percentage that the Astros have played at at all year. 55 and 35. 55 and 35. That means that the White Sox would have to go 42 and 48, and the Twins would finish a game in front of them. Because when I first started doing the math, I said, okay, well, they're not going to win 60 games. They're not going to go 60 and 30 here. Let's, <laughs> let's reel it back five. And then when I was doing it, I thought, oh, man, the White Sox are going to be have to play like 300 baseball. It's not that bad. That would be basically playing 450 baseball for the White Sox the rest of the way. Again, I don't think this is going to happen, but the math isn't quite as substantial as I initially thought that it was. Can they play the Rangers a lot? That would help. Uh-huh. Get get some more against the Orioles. Right. Win today against Cincinnati. I wish this was college sports and they could just schedule their own. Uh-huh. Yeah, you can't do that. No, no. Uh, if we're not going to play 18 against the Tigers, we're actually going to play 38 against the Tigers this year. <laughs> I can't do that, unfortunately. Uh-huh. And our inner league's going to be strictly against the Diamondbacks, who, by the way... I told you something stunk with that line. That thing absolutely <laughs> stunk to high heaven. How the Brewers were only a minus 120 favorite, mm-hmm. and it showed and up we again. We saw what happened. And how for the first time in 150 games were the Dodgers an underdog, and we saw what mm-hmm. happened. Looks like those guys know something that they're yeah, doing. Yeah, you think? Just a little. Oh, it's fascinating to watch them work. I'll never forget one day, one, one, day, one Super Bowl, and I can't remember. might have been your Bears Bears-Colts, Colts, yeah. what year was that? 2006 into the 2007 Super Bowl, I believe it was. It might not have been that one. Then. Well, anyways, I watched, I was uh, in the back behind the counter um, for a Super Bowl Sunday at the M. And just it was just amazing watching the, uh, all the live betting come in and adjusting it on the fly. And um, oh, it was phenomenal. Anyways, uh, yes, Vegas does know. They're very sharp. Uh, and they're paid to be sharp, mm-hmm. and, and you can see the product of them being sharp uh, is all those fancy spanking hotels. And there's a brand new one going in. Did you know that? Uh-uh. On the north side of the uh, the resort, the resort. It, it's um, oh, it's, it's no, that's not. It's it's some kind. It's it's a big big name. It's the highest end of Vegas. Okay. So this is going to right now. I think Win is probably mm-hmm. if you had to rank them. Um, it's the one that I think of. Yeah, I think the win win is probably the span the, the fanciest. Win Palazzo, uh our our encore rather. Um but yeah, this one actually is a a class up of that. Mm-hmm. You and I will never stay there. No, no. We will be staying at the South Point when we're out there. Well, next we month. were and we will be, and I'm looking forward to it. I've actually have been scoping out some of the bars and restaurants yeah. around there and some of the places. We're gonna do some uh, some eating and uh yeah, and we're going to spend some time at Circa. Uh huh. More than uh, the ten minutes that I spent when I was out there with uh, with the family earlier in May. I was showing my wife last night the Circa sports book with oh, the pool. That's amazing. And she said, "So are you and Ken going to be lounging by the pool watching sports? <laughs> yeah, no, eh, maybe a bar stool. Yeah, for our speed, right? I'll be inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The outside stuff, but it's really cool. If oh, you, it's amazing. Those pictures, and uh, mm-hmm. can't wait to get out there, get a check of it, and we'll report back when we get back uh, after that. A couple other notes. Uh, you saw a Dowling Catholic grad, Urbandale, Nada, Carissa. Yeah, you Smizer. know, I watched the race. Did you? Yeah, I did. I watched the race. She so got you're getting into the Olympics fun. now too, aren't well, you? Well, I, I, I am because hey, there was a local time. B. Mm-hmm. Everybody was tweeting about it. Yep. Um, so she got uh, caught in the final 50 yards or so. Uh, but that's great uh, that uh, we've got another representation, local representation in the Olympics. Yeah, you know what, Trent, I'm, and I, you, I just can't get past my Canadian, yeah. right? 
and I don't think anyone would want me to, mm-hmm. but it doesn't move my needle, and I get right. where I work, and I get where I live, but at the end of the day... Um, you have those roots. You do, right? Yeah. But it was fun to watch, and it's fun to see these local gals, and I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, w- was that her peak performance last sure. night? Because she had the lead turning for home. Mm-hmm. You know what else I thought? Boy, I'd love to call one of those races. Oh, yeah? That in a 100-yard dash. Your horse racing yes. kind of comes out? Yeah. Yes, I've been doing wonder, that for years. Absolutely. I wonder if I... Um, you know, miss the boat. Yeah. Could have made a lot more money. Seen way more in the world, I would think. Right, yeah. But uh, no, good for her. Good for her. It's great. Pat Forty's daughter's a swimmer. That's really cool, too. Yeah, and he, of course, he was covering the event as his daughter mm-hmm. makes the Olympic team. Uh, yeah, the Olympics are going to be fun. They're, yes. I'm looking forward to them. And uh, I, again, I prefer the Winter Olympics, again, where I'm from. But this is this is pretty cool, watching these. And especially when there's a local tie. And we've got some. Yes. That always makes it more important. Mm-hmm. It just it, it adds an extra layer to it. Yeah, there's some sports that I like every four years that are just goofy. You know, watching the table tennis. Right. It's incredible. Oh, my God. I know last year, uh, what, last April and May, a lot of people were betting on ping pong. Mm-hmm. Russian ping pong with these amateurs playing. Now, can ridiculous. you bet? I don't think it's great that you question. can bet on the... For years, and mm-hmm. maybe it's just, I think, come to think of it, I think it's recently changed. I don't think that at the last Olympic Games, Vegas took bets on Olympic events. I'm almost positive you are right. And do you, and do you think, do you recall the fact that it maybe has changed a little bit? Because what I'm getting to is, mm-hmm. can, will we be able to bet on... That's a Brian Rilko question if we can't find it. In fact, it I'm is. going to text him during the break. Um, I'm looking through right now on DraftKings just to see if it's even listed. Right. Olympic Games. You can, and you can here in the state of Iowa. Okay, good. Because right now you can bet on basketball and field hockey and soccer and handball and rugby can sevens. You, can you bet on sports that are ju- gymnastics? Right. That are judged. Right. That Human is not element listed. comes into play. Right. That is not listed right now. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that it will. But I, I think you're onto something there. I think it's team sports you can. That have a score. Right. Yes. But if it's something that is judged, gymnastics being uh-huh. the most noted, uh-huh. noted of that, rhythmic gymnastics, things like that, where it's just people... Pretty easy. Synchronized swim. Now, if you're betting synchronized swimming, folks, you got a problem. Well, <laughs> speak for yourself, is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, we'll get Nate Bolton in here next. He's going to help us out with the Supreme Court ruling that came down yesterday. What does this mean? Are the floodgates opening? Are we about to say goodbye to amateurism as we know it? Are the student athletes about to share in that massive, massive financial pie that up until now just goes to paying other sports and coaches and athletic directors and building brand new stadiums? What does this mean? Nate Bolton helps us out next. Miller and Condon are here until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, right, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. 1460 KXNO 106.3 on the FM dial. Nate Bolton, Hedberg and Bolton, Senator Nate Bolton, momentarily uh, on name, image, and likeness, the Supreme Court ruling from yesterday. Just real quick, Bill Bender, who we love having on, mm-hmm. we have him on weekly. He's come out with his way too early, not way too early, his bull projections. Okay. And he promised they're 100% accurate, of oh, course. Yeah. So he's got Iowa playing Cal. In? Get- Las Vegas. In? <laughs> 
<laughs> December 30th. He has Iowa State. You ready for this one? Where do you have Iowa State? Peach Bowl. Sugar. Sugar. New Orleans. New Orleans against Georgia. There's a decision. What would you choose? Taking fandom away, a trip to oh Vegas. Oh, God. Or New Orleans. Or New I would Orleans. choose New Orleans because I get to Vegas so much and I love New Same. Orleans. Yes. And it's been a long time since I've been in New Orleans. Uh, it was before, just before Katrina. My wife and I spent a weekend, like two weeks before it right. hit. I uh, had a blast. Um, anyways, so that's Bill Bender. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Absolutely. Bill, I hope you're right. Let's get Nate Bolton. He's right a lot of the time. Hedberg and Bolton, Senator Nate Bolton, who along with Brad Zahn, uh, back-to-back years, tried to push through or or pass, um, wrote, and uh, tried to get it through the House. The name, image, and likeness here for the state of Iowa. Sadly, it stalled both years. But, uh, Nate, uh, good to speak with you, Trenton Kent. It sounds like um, maybe there'll be... Um, Congress or somebody actually does your work for you? And and if that's the case, would that mean that each state, as somebody asked us to ask you, will no longer need legislation passed in order for student-athletes to benefit from name, image, and likeness? Yeah, so the the key issue there is is what we call preemption, where the federal government, if they do act, would do so in a way that would preempt these state-by-state regulations of the same topic. So, um, in an ideal world, yes, Congress comes through with an act, and we have a law that's uniform across the nation. The problem is it's, it's really tough to count on a bill getting through Congress and signed by the president um, in, in the current political climate. So mm. it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a lot of work to get that done. Meanwhile, you've got uh, basically 20 states and a growing list, uh, it seems like every month, trying to push through legislation to get some protection for their own student-athletes while uh, the NCAA and Congress uh, have not actually accomplished that task. Nate, when you look at yesterday, uh, the NCAA had this pushed up to the Supreme Court. Your takeaway from that, I've seen everything ranging from, you know, for your average college sports fan, doesn't matter, nothing's really going to change, to the NCAA is over as we know it. Your takeaway from yesterday and maybe some of the court proceedings in the future against the NCAA? So the first thing from yesterday is that it's actually a very narrow in scope decision. It's education, it really deals right? With, it, right, educational yeah. earnings and allowances, things like postgraduate internships that are paid. Um, so very narrow in scope. However, to get there, the analysis is pretty similar to what it would take to tell the NCAA they cannot uh, regulate name image likeness uh, potential earnings. So uh, the, the analysis is kind of the more important thing than the actual uh, kind of kind of narrow scope of the, the issue. And the analysis was with a uniform 9-0 decision and some blistering language the Supreme mm-hmm. Court has said, uh, you keep defending this by saying your model is a pure amateurism model, yet there's money everywhere around it, and you have unilaterally told every college athlete, they're not allowed to profit from any of it. And basically they said, your, your model, as it has been functioning, is, is no longer an amateur model. Uh, Nate Bolton is with us. Nate, to, to, to that end, uh, and a lot of the gloom and doomers, and I get it, it's changing, we're just not used to it, and we don't know what this is going to mean. 
But do you see this as the beginning of the uh, the beginning of the end of college sports as we know them? Let's say that we do get a name image likeness. Let's say that you know athletes are allowed to have paid internships uh, and can go to grad school, uh, and the school has to pay this. Is this is this going to end college sports? Will this take away from? You know, from what we love, uh, and that's, you know, the, the passion, the tradition of, of whatever your school is, going to tailgate and watching your school participate. A lot of folks, some, I shouldn't say a lot, some think that this is the beginning of the end. Is it? I don't think so. I think you can look pretty closely at what the Olympics have evolved into from what used to be a very strict, pure amateur athlete approach to a, a much more kind of modernized look and feel of the Olympic Games. People still love the Olympics, and they still love you know the spirit of the Olympic Games. That's going to carry on through college athletics. I would say the biggest danger to you know, college athletics as we know it in all of this is the NCAA continuing to bury its head in the sand and not accepting any form of change despite all the things changing around it. Uh, we're, we're just a very you know, long ways from the beginnings of college athletics where you just had, you know, individual athletes on campus who decided to play for that college's team to now a very professionalized recruiting process and player development process. And, um, you know, that, that, that barrier was crossed long ago. We now just have to have a system that catches up to that. Nate uh, just had a caller uh, call in, a listener call in and ask a question. What about former athletes? Former mm. athletes, if this comes down to, they have some Retro- litigation, yeah. they could come after the NCAA? Mm. So um, nothing in the decision yesterday tells us that there's a you know, set of claims that former athletes can bring. Um, could there be some arguments made that, that there was an illegal market control? And this, this has been an illegal process for some time. Yes, but I think that's a much more difficult claim to to make than simply um, telling the NCAA it can no longer make these kinds of restrictions on athlete earnings. Um, I think this is probably going to be a prospective, not a a retrospective thing. Mm, Interesting. So to that end, what about... um Health benefits could potentially, because we've seen the concussion lawsuit in, in the NFL, and obviously mm-hmm. that goes back. Could could health be brought up as far as former athletes, as you know, whatever they're allowed to be compensated for, or you know, the health uh, the healthcare aspect that they're still suffering from something that happened when they were in their field of endeavor, whether it be a basketball or what or whatever, a football injury. Could you see potentially that uh, something along those lines? So I think that that has kind of always existed. Um, and, and the NCAA, because these are collegiate educational institutions, has always had a very high duty of care in protecting those college athletes. And to the more we, we learn about concussions and learn what these institutions had known or should have known about their athletic programs, that's probably the bigger issue with, with the kind of health and safety uh, issues going backwards. Going forwards, um, the, the NCAA, because it's failed to deal with this, you know, evolution of what the college athlete really is in the modern era, uh, continues to put itself in a really bad position of having the courts uh, and, and, you know, legislative bodies make some very rough transitions for the NCAA because of its failure to do that. 
Um, and one of those would be, you know, the ability of players to, to negotiate over health and safety issues to, um, you know, we, we had the Northwestern unionization effort a few years ago mm-hmm. and that failed not because the national labor relations board said they're not employees. They simply said they didn't have jurisdiction. Uh, so this, you know, decision yesterday kind of brings up, uh, that, that topic as well. Uh, the NCAA, plain and simple, they've got to figure this out and do something about it before the courts start changing the system altogether. When you look at the states that have passed, a lot of them in the South, California also included, Nebraska, our neighbors to the West have uh, introduced it and had bills that have been signed into law that will be starting here very, very soon. Why didn't it work here in the state of Iowa? Yeah, what what do you question. look at? Why Why does Nebraska get something that we don't have here? So I think it's it's getting closer and closer. Um, I think we had some some real momentum that was kind of a surprise the first year that we introduced this, and then last year it, it was clear there was a deeper understanding from from many legislators on what's happening and, and the need for it. But it is a a a pretty interesting educational process that we go through because most people their first reaction to a name image likeness bill is. To, to say, is this direct compensation of college athletes by university? And it's not. That's not what this legislation does. Um, and, and getting people to understand the, the uniqueness of telling exclusively college athletes they have to surrender the rights to their own name, image, and likeness in order to represent a university in intercollegiate competition, it, it just doesn't make sense in, in, as you put thought to, mm-hmm. to that specific issue. And so I just think it's about educating people more, giving them an understanding of what we're actually trying to accomplish and essentially uh, just preventing that that right from being taken away versus creating something new. Uh, Nate, help me out with uh, with potentially a Title IX, uh, how it's going to how it's going to factor in this. Like, I, I get why the quarterback's going to get paid, the star basketball right. player, male or female, but the track and field athlete, uh, the the badminton player, whatever. Somebody somebody is going to sue because they don't think that you know they're getting a scholarship. And let's be honest, on the back of you know the the revenue generating sports, but they believe that they should be able to share in the financial windfall. Should and, and is that a, a legitimate concern that Title IX is going to have to be uh, brought into uh, brought into this uh, distribution? So two things with that. The, the first thing is the disproportionate negative effect on uh, female college athletes is an important thing to remember here. Uh, when you look at the earning capacity for playing basketball or playing softball and, and profiting from those athletic abilities, the ability to engage in name, image, likeness, marketing during those college years is for almost every single uh, women's basketball player or, or, or female athlete across the board, for every single one of them, their earning capacity is at that highest level during those prime NCAA performance years. So, so really we're kind of lifting off this restriction that really prevents female college athletes across the board from, from their prime earning capacity years uh, dur- during their NCAA competition um, uh, careers. Now, separate from that is the Title IX issue. With name, image, likeness, we're dealing with individual contracts, and those individual contracts are going to be with third parties. So it's not through the educational institution, and if it's a name, image, likeness statute that prevents the institution 
from interfering with those student-athlete rights, I, I just think it's a tough thing to say that somehow Title IX is implicated in a negative way. Nate Bolton, Hedberg and Bolton. Uh, Nate Bolton, along with Senator Brad Zahn, have been behind this in the state of Iowa for the last couple of years. So do you, and that, last thing for you, Nate, and I'm sure we'll talk about this again, do you anticipate that there will be a need for you and Brad to go forward with this legislation again when you guys get back together in January, or do you think that it'll be uh, handled for you somehow? You know, I, I hope it's handled, but I have a feeling we're going to have to do it here just because of the history of the NCAA. They, they've lost major court decisions for years and kind of refused to acknowledge the realities around them. And I, I have a feeling they're going to make exceptions and excuses for, for acting, and, and we'll be dealing with this issue uh, when we get back together in the legislative process. Good stuff, Nate Bolton. Thanks for doing this for us. We appreciate your, uh, your knowledge on this subject. Thanks, Nate. Thank you. Good to talk to you. You do the same. Nate Bolton uh, from Hedberg and Bolton, Senator Nate Bolton and Brad Zahn together, uh, uh, bipartisan uh, legislation that uh, sadly didn't get through in the last two years. We'll see how it goes. I don't, um, I'm not on the gloom and doom Mm -hmm. uh, train like a lot of people are. Um, Shut up and don't be greedy. I mean, I've seen seen that a lot on Twitter. Um, It's a huge pie. It's a huge pie. And for the Supreme Court, you know, what was it Kavanaugh that said the yes. the NCAA is not above the law? Mm-hmm. There's a huge pie for Iowa and Iowa State. There's a huge pie there. There's not a huge pie for you and I, though. Nope. There's True. not a huge pie for Eastern Michigan. Nope. And there's still a component, an aspect of this that separating the haves and the have-nots mm-hmm. and worrying about the unintended consequences. Because college athletes, especially football, basketball players, they do get a lot. You you talk to these guys, it's not all about the UConn guy that said uh, after their national championship run that didn't have money to eat. Right, right. See those, that, yeah. First of all, they've changed those rules. Yep. And now... Unlimited training table. Right. right. That, that has helped and gone a long ways. But those stories are few and far between. I don't think the pie is nearly as big as some people believe. I don't think name, image, and likeness is going to open up these hundreds of thousands of dollars. No, nor do I. But but you know where you know where it could Trent, and I'm not saying that it's going to be Frank's car dealership is whatever. <laughs> it's that it's it's the era that we live in. It's these influencers, Instagram, Instagram, TikTok, right? Those type of things. I think that's where they're going to be able to monetize mm-hmm. their name, image, and likeness, right? You're exactly right, because Bill's Auto Shop, Mm -hmm. well, all right, we can write the check to the university, and we get these tickets, and we have this, or we can have Johnny Touchdown come in and cut a 30-second commercial, but what do we really get out of that? That's just it. Yeah, it's it's a, it's an ego bump for them, right? Because Johnny Touchdown's talking about their dealership or their business. Um, Buckle up. It's it's where we're at. I just I just don't see it any differently. All right, we will. I, I reached out to Brian Rilko. Multitasking is what I was Look doing. Look at you, uh, Brian Rilko on the athlete, on the Olympics question: Will we or won't we? We it's a it's a lengthy response. So we'll read it after we come back from this break on whether Iowans will be able to wager if you're so inclined on some of the Olympic events uh, this summer. Miller and Condon, fourteen sixty KXNO and one hundred surfing dot net.
Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Five minutes before the hour of 11 o'clock. Really good topic uh, with Nate Bolton, name, mm-hmm. image, and likeness. Um, there's, so, there's so many tentacles to it, and you and I aren't smart enough. No, it, it goes so many different ways. Things that you don't think about. The mm-hmm. the unintended consequences. How it's going to turn out. How it ultimately is going to look. You're still going to cheer on the Hawkeyes and Cyclones. Right. That's not going to change. Right. How we get there, how the construction of sports are, mm-hmm. can look a whole lot different. And I do wonder, because we always talk about the financial aspect, the financial aspect. College athletics is more than that. You know, there is a reason that there's a women's soccer team and a men's cross-country team. They don't generate revenue because ultimately, college athletics is about more than just trying to make as much money as possible. There are other a- aspects of it. And are we missing that? Well, for those people, we are. But I think, unfortunately, it's gotten too big. The others, right. that part of it hasn't. It's the it's the men's basketball. It's football. It's just gotten too big. Too there's too much money, right? And that that's what's ruined it in in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, Casey just we just called during the break. Uh, you tweeted at us, asked Nate Bolton a question. You and I don't need a name, image, and likeness law, right? right? No. Why should student athletes? Mm-hmm. It's a fair question. All right. So Brian. Arul- from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission, uh, we were talking in the first segment of the show about the Olympics and will we be able to bet on the Olympics. For the longest time, I think up in as recently as the last Olympics, you could not bet on these events in Las Vegas. Here's his response. I, I asked him, can we bet on the Olympic events in Iowa? We can, but... Iowa law does not permit wagering on individual events where any participant is under the age of 18. Oh. So we will likely not see wagering on most individual events. Team events will be on the board. Full wagering menu for those. Individual scoring that leads to an overall team event is permitted. And his example is, so like team gymnastics. Okay. We can bet on the Americans to win. We can't bet on them individual scoring. Gotcha. So No Simone, Simone Biles. Right. In the vault, you can't bet on her to do that. But if Simone Biles and her teammates, you want to bet on Team USA to win, to win the overall, mm-hmm. you can do that. So right. that's the response from Brian Orilko on the Olympic game. We'll have to have him on maybe tomorrow yeah. uh, to provide more clarity on and just to catch up with him. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Indeed. Since we talked last, we, of course, have the Cyhawk line out. Mm-hmm. Uh, futures for... Did you see the one, not just for the Big 12 to win the conference, but just to get to the championship game? I, believe, I have not. I think Bet Rivers has that one up there. Just to get to the Big 12 championship game, we've talked about the odds in the Big 10 West mm-hmm. uh, to, of course, win the division. So a lot of fun ones out there, and I always love to see thinking outside the box as it pertains to I these. wish it was, and we'll, we'll, we'll ask him about this, uh, when, when we're going to get that restriction um, removed as mm-hmm. far as head-to-head Goodson versus Hall, those type of right. things. I'd love to, you know, put a line on that type of thing, or Petras versus Purdy, or whatever, uh, whatever your prop bets are. Um, by the way, did you see? Speaking of Bet Rivers, did you see who they signed with today? No, the Chicago Bears. Oh, really? And Bet Rivers are now. Does that mean a, a casino at Soldier Field or at the new ballpark? At Arlington? Arlington Park would be more likely, a little more room out there. You know what? I could see this coming, Trent. I yeah. really could. Now, are you going to have the Bet Rivers Casino Sportsbook where you stop in and make yes. a bet before the game? I would be shocked if you don't. Yes, even if it's at Soldier Field. Right. Absolutely. Well, Bet Fred down here at Principal yes. Park, the Bet Fred Lounge. Yep. I could see these things coming, but yeah, Bet Rivers and the Chicago Bears uh, signed an exclusive agreement today, and uh, we'll see where that leads to. 
But we're seeing, I'm seeing more and more Soldier Field in the rearview mirror. You think stories. so? I, I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm just saying when I, that there's a lot of folks that believe it's time. Uh, we will get into the uh, Cyclones. Michael Swain joining us. CycloneAlert.com. Catch up on recruiting, some Iowa State topics, and Frank Schwab on the NFL and sports betting. At 11.25, we're here till noon. It's 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.